This is Zoe Williams, sister in the Lord from Manchester, England. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I'd just like to pray first, please. Lord Jesus Christ, I just pray. Now, Lord, that you just use my words, Lord. Lord, I just thank you that you saved me. Lord, I just pray for anybody in this room now, Lord, that doesn't know you. You would show them, Lord, that they're lost. I pray that there won't be any religious hypocrites in this room, Lord, as I was. Just hoping in their own self-righteousness. But I pray, Lord God, that they would just come to you as they are, Lord. Knowing that they're lost and helpless without you. I do pray, Lord, you take my words and by your spirit just give life to those who do not know you, Lord. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can get a bit emotional when I give my testimony because um, it just reminds me of the grace of God and... Um, uh, he's good. <laughs> he's good. Um, I'm uh, well, I'm 35 years old now, and um, I've been with the Lord now for uh, it was three years March, and um, I was uh, I come from England, and I was brought up in the northwest of England in a little town called Radcliffe. My parents were not Christian. Um, and I notice there's a lot of children in here today, um, a lot of teenagers, um, and it truly is a blessing. I just hope there's no children in here today who think because they've had to be brought up by Christian parents that somehow they've been hard done to. Um, I never had Christian parents, and um, I had a grandma who um, she used to go to what we call in England the Church of England and um, she'd, she'd take me some Sundays sometimes when I stayed there and uh, it was just a, a routine uh, service um, very high church uh, could almost be Catholic you wouldn't really tell any difference um, but it wasn't anything that I heard that the vicar said it was just more the uh, the building and the pictures and the windows and and all that kind of thing all the tradition that but something really sort of uh, touched my heart at the same time and um, and it really left an impression on me even at such an early age when I used to go to church with my grandma sometimes and um, so then I remember as well as a child a very small child even praying at bedtime and um, just praying for all the family, you know, it was just very simple prayer, Lord Jesus, please look after my uncle, look after my granddad, and I'd go through like a, a list of like everybody's names in the family, and I'd make sure I prayed for them every night. And um, I remember doing this, and then I remember my uncle died, and I remember thinking, Lord, I, I asked you, um, I prayed, you know, that you'd look after everybody, but my uncle's died. And, um, and it was kind of... From then, I think it, it sort of wobbled me a bit, as a, just as a child, not knowing God. 
just little bits here and there. And, um, and I kind of, um, that sort of stuck with me. And then I remember going to secondary school, um, which is where you start when you're about 10 years old and you're there till about 16 years old. And I just, I remember then um, just telling everybody that I was an atheist, which is the, the normal thing to do in England. Everybody's an atheist, that's, that's the norm. Um, and so that, that was my, uh, my teenage years, really, just absolutely just throwing everything out of God. Um, yeah, and I was a professed atheist, and nobody could convince me otherwise. That, that was how it was. And then, uh, and then after that, then I remember meeting Kevin. We was very young when we met. And um, Kevin, the same, no real Christian background. Well, no Christian background. Um, extremely lost. Um, we just we just lived life, and um, we wanted you know fun out of life, I suppose. Um, and we wanted to be happy, but without Christ. Um, and that's a very miserable life when you don't have Christ. Um, and uh, and then I remember we had Dylan, who's now thirteen. I don't know where he is. He's somewhere. He's there. <laughs> But Dylan's now 13. And when Dylan was born, um, we wasn't married. We was in the Church of England. Nobody came to us and said, you should be married. Uh, not one, but that's, that's how it is in England. And, um, but then when Dylan was three, we actually got married. And uh, they were very hard times. They were very hard times. And uh, growing up, our marriage... Well, Dylan growing up and uh, me, me and Kevin being married, it was, um, you know, we had happy moments, but at the same time we knew there was something not right and we were still in this Church of England. And um, Kevin got asked, I remember, to write a magazine uh, for the Church of England and it was through this, then he started to look kind of outside the Church of England. And I remember he was listening to a sermon one day in the garden and he Wow, well, <laughs> the Lord saved him. The Lord was extremely gracious, and the Lord saved him. But then from that day on, you see, Kevin was just changing every day, changing, changing, changing. I never saw him a day like without his Bible, constantly had his Bible, constantly reading books, music in the car, really loud, you know, all the Christian music, and, and I just couldn't stand it. I hated it. <laughs> I just thought, he's gone crazy. This man's gone mad. And um, I really did. <laughs> And that, that, that was how it was. And, um, but then, because Kevin had been saved, obviously the Church of England, it wasn't feeding him. Whereas for me, it was wonderful because I was quite happy just to, to be like that. And, but we changed churches. And, uh, and, and then I met, it like opened up a new door for me. And there was a lot of Christian people in there who did know the Lord and I, um, but instead of then acknowledging that I didn't know the Lord, what happened is I tried to fit in with everybody. So rather than just being upfront and honest with people and saying, look, um, my husband's been saved, I don't know the Lord, I wasn't, I just blended in. But um, for me, that was extremely dangerous because then as I blended in, I started to look like a Christian. I started to talk like a Christian. I started to pray like a Christian. I did all those things, and I didn't know Christ. I didn't know Christ. And um, so I just pray that if there's anybody in here that's like that today, 
I just pray the Lord is uh, speaking to you, speaking to your hearts, because it's not a good place to be. It's not a good place to be. And anyway, um, Kevin started um, from then doing Bible studies and preaching, and, and a long story short, um, he got ordained into a free church of England, and um, we was there for a, a very short time. Um, about two months, he started preaching on you must be born again, and the people didn't like it. They was, again, just lost people. And... Um, and everybody was really angry about that sermon, except for maybe about four people in that church who were saved. They loved it. But I remember deep down thinking, I hated it as well. <laughs> you know, I thought, you must be born again. Wow, I'm surely, I, you know. But it, something inside just aggravated me. It really made me angry. And uh, I said to Kevin, I said, why did you preach that? Why, why did you preach that? And he said, well, you know, there's many people in here that are lost. You know, that's why I preached it. <laughs> But I remember still feeling very angry. But the people that were saved in that church were all backing Kevin. And, and I was backing him because I was his wife. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, why did you do that? Why did you do that? Anyway, the Lord called us back home to Manchester because that was where, obviously, he wanted Kevin to be. And, uh, but it was in this time then when we came back from Fleetwood, where Kevin had been preaching, that the Lord really just put me into like a very deep depression. Um, and it wasn't like... Um, it wasn't a normal depression. It really was a spiritual depression because everything in life was okay. You know, there was nothing that was troubling except for the fact that deep down I knew I didn't know God. Um, and so he put me into a very deep depression. And then I just wanted to, um, I, I was doing a reading. Um, this was in 2009. I remember it was, um, it was a Sunday night, I remember in March 2009, and I was reading from my Bible in Romans. I was actually reading chapter 11 um, about when uh, Paul's talking about being grafted in, and he says, like, Thou will say then, the branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. And I was reading chapter 11, but something was telling me, obviously the Lord was telling me, just turn to chapter 10, just turn back a page, just turn back a page. And I remember turning back a page, and in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, the scripture says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it just glowed at me, like literally glowed at me. I was, I was like, wow. And I remember crying and just breaking down over that scripture saying, Lord, I don't even know if you're real. I don't know. And I just said, Lord, your word says here, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I went to bed crying that scripture that night. And um, I was desperate because <laughs> I knew I was lost. And uh, so I woke up the, the Monday morning, and, um, and there was just nothing. I was just still felt as empty as I was at bedtime. And I remember coming downstairs, and I was reading a, a book at the time called Martin Lloyd-Jones' Spiritual Depression. And uh, I can't remember what chapter it was. I think it was around about 13 or 14. And there was something in it that it was talking about, um, uh, have, you know, have we been to the Lord? Have we actually, you know, cast our burden upon the Lord, you know. And, um, and I just thought, 
I just need to go to the Lord again. I just need to pray again. And everybody was still in bed. I, I got up um, from the front room and I went to my kitchen. And I just basically fell before God and I was just begging him to save me. I, was, I poured out everything on my heart to him. Every burden I had, every trial in life, I just gave him everything. Absolutely everything. And, um, and of course, through that as well, you know, all the things that people in your life as well, that you, you feel are troubling you. I was like really calling them before God, you know, blaming all them for my misery. And then uh, suddenly it was as if um, God just kind of like turned a mirror to me. It was like, um, it was like I, I can't describe it. Um, it was like, yeah, it really was like looking into a, a mirror almost, but there was no mirror there. And it was like God showed me me. He showed me my sin, which I didn't know I had. I, he showed everything in me, all the badness in me, all the rottenness in me. It was disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. And all I could do was just hang my head in shame because it was just vile. It was absolutely vile. And then I remember just kind of like, I was just broken. I was absolutely broken before God because um, for the first time I'd really seen my sin. <laughs> and then, and then suddenly, then after that, I can't again. I just can't describe. It. I can't put into words what happened. It was like, just suddenly this. I. It was like when it says when the Lord was baptized, and it says, and the Spirit descended like a dove. It, it honestly the the peace that came, it just like came from above and it's like all this weight that was on my shoulders, all this burden that I had, all this depression that I had was just suddenly, it was just, it was just lifted. It was gone. It really was like um, Pilgrim's Progress with Christian and he had the big heavy backpack on his back and the, the bag just fell off. Yeah. It was literally, that's how it was. And I believe the Lord had to truly shake me because I, I know that even to this day, I would still be the same person without ever going to Christ. You know, it's like um, I, I would have been those people that said, Lord, Lord, but I did this in your name and I did that in your name. And, and I, you know, I would have been one of them people because I literally was deceiving myself to pretending to be a Christian and I'd never come to Christ. I'd prayed, but I'd never truly come to Christ with everything. And... Um, yeah, he's good. <laughs> he's good. And I, I just want to say as well, um, I just feel led to say this, that um, if there's anybody who doesn't know Christ and they're coming to Christ trying to repent, because I remember um, feeling lost at the time, and I remember going to Christ thinking, Lord, forgive me for this and forgive me for that. But in the back of my mind, I wasn't really, I didn't really think I had anything to repent over. I was just finding something to repent over, but without truly feeling I had to repent, if that makes sense. All you have to do is come to Christ. Just go to Christ. Don't come to Christ like thinking, I've got to say this and I've got to say that. Just go to Christ. It really is that simple. It really is that simple. And um, so, yeah, the Lord is good. <laughs> the Lord is good. I, I'll, just, I'll just finish in prayer. And... Lord Jesus, I just... I just thank you that I could share what you've done in my life, what you did for me. Lord, I pray for the people in here that do not know you, that they would just come to you as they are, Lord, with all their burden, Lord, that they just come to you and have peace. Only you can give peace, Lord, and only you can, can take away all our sin, Lord. 
Only you, Lord, and only your name, only by your name, Lord Jesus, are we saved. And there is no other God but you, Lord. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.